This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I think I left about four. No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding, getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer compatible vehicles <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me thirty three thousand dollars just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it's like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in Episode number 72, right on time, coughing as usual, what's going on? This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, right here in sunny Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buck Slayer Place, right here in the famous Bucketorium, I am Steve, the one with the mouth, joining me in the studio, as always, right on time. You like that? I do. You're just so, you got it down, man. It's, dude, it's packed. You were on time tonight, too. I was way on time. You were I've, here before I was. Wow. I've literally got nothing but time anymore, guys. It's pretty good. This is Eric, by the way. I'm here. Kurt's in the house. Um, guys, I gotta say, we got to get this out of the way right away before we do anything else because I'm excited about it. And uh, everyone on Facebook should know we're excited about it. We turned an old deer target into an antelope. You were target. so proud of this thing. Because it took me five <laughs> minutes. I didn't have to spend any money. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was a fantastic venture. I was so happy to be there. Guys, I'd just like to thank you. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, t- if you have an old deer target laying around, you got some white spray paint, some black spray paint, look at a picture of an antelope on Google Images, spray paint that thing, spray paint the antlers on the little target and cut them off, you have yourself a poor man's antelope target. That's that, right. That's all hey, I that's got. Guys, we're, we're innovative. We're also not only innovative, but we're brought to you by the Bone Shed right there in pretty sunny 
Overcasty, not overcasty. It's a gorgeous day, always in Ottawa. 4200 MBL Drive is the bone shed. Give those guys a call. They've got tons of stuff that they need to sell you that you need on your bow, on your person, in your soul. Go down there and see Poppy. Um, Poppy is the man when it comes to setting up a bow. Best customer service out there. Love Poppy. At any archery shop, I personally guarantee that. It's You, you can't, can't beat it. You can't go wrong. You cannot beat it. Um, they know everything, in my opinion. If if I have a question, it gets answered. You know, if I have an issue with something, it gets taken care of. You really can't ask yeah. for anything. I've never else. heard. I don't know. Come out of Poppy's mouth uh, ever. Speaking of stuff you need to own, uh, Badlands Packs has this uh, pack that just popped up. The the tree hugger, and it's not like the tree hugger that you know would go and go nuts at a, a Trump rally. This is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This pack, pull that, pull that up one time. If you go to BadlandsPacks.com, oh, you'll be able to see it. I'm trying. Kurt's a trying here. There she is. There it is. Um, it's yeah. got the unconditional warranty. <laughs> it, it goes from a fanny pack, and then it like opens up where it'll hug the tree, and it's like a like a toolbox-looking thing. It just it's got a little basket fold, in it. Um, 750 cubic inches tree stand basket. Um, water bottle pockets. Fold out stand organizer basket. Um, so if you spend a lot of time in the tree stand, it's pretty much the the pack for you. Because I always sit before before this stuff. I would sit in my stand with my backpack unzipped. Well, when you have so much gear in, it'll just pull your bag open. Next thing you know, all your stuff's all over the ground. Or you go to pull one thing out, and everything comes with it. Right, it's just yeah. a mess. So for those of you who like having that pack that's in the tree that you can reach and get but then again you don't like dragging everything in you like the fanny pack because it's slim this is the best of both worlds and the price tag on it's a hundred bucks can't beat that yeah. with their warranty and the quality you can't beat it also brought to you by smith's custom meats and uh what do you say not as sunny not as sunny. this is uh slightly <laughs> slightly sunny <laughs> viola illinois Best deer processor. I know we're saying it's the best, but we really like we are partnered with these people because we believe in it. Um, the guy's got it down when it comes to deer processing. I mean, it's food. We, if we have bad food, we're going to tell we're you it's actually, bad food, but it's ex- awesome. He's expanding right now, and we're going to go do some uh, some videos there um, just showing you. He's going he's gonna to give us a tour of the – this is an inside sneak peek that everybody's going to be able to see. He's going to show us uh, – some of the stuff and the operation, pretty the, the much. operation, you know, you want to talk about a guy who knows how to cook meat. That's the guy like this guy's got it down. He knows how to handle a sausage, man. <laughs> He's got it down. He <laughs> to it a down. T to a T it's a, uh, it was nuts. Yeah. He, um, great family. Uh, everything about that operation that they run is fantastic. Right. And uh, last but not least, everyone knows Creative Critters Taxidermy. Oh, Marky Um, Mark. If you listen back two episodes ago, episode 70, we did a turkey talk episode, and Mark Reif was on and talked about the whole process of mounting a turkey, and you just need to go back and listen to it if you haven't, and you'll have a, a different respect for what a turkey mount is, and you'll look at Creative Critters Taxidermy in the same way we do um, when you realize how creative and artistic Mark is at what he does. Um, so check out Creative Critters Taxidermy on Facebook, the one in beautiful Geneseo, Illinois. Be- there you go. Beautiful. beautiful Geneseo. On with the show. We are going to get into that. We're going to do something special. Um, our guest on the show is our very good buddy, Gene Miller. What's up, Gene? 
Hello, world. I'm hello. glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's about time we've been more like hello Midwest. Regional. We've been we've been talking <laughs> about having we've been having talking about having you on since like episode one. Yeah, Minnesota just took over as our number one listening state. That's awesome. Illinois, is, Iowa. What Minnesota? are you guys doing? I know it. So we we usually do the vet shout out. Um, well, I usually try to. It's a new thing, but since you are a vet. We're going to let you do the vet shout-out this week. Man, that's awesome. And, and since you guys started, I appreciate that because there's mm-hmm. nothing better than our freedom. And too many people take it for granted, and it's right. like the blood and sweat of our veterans. So my shout-out would actually, I'd like to give it to a bunch of guys, and that's the whole 3rd 504 Parachute Infantry Regiment uh, in the 82nd Airborne Division. That's where I served, and mm-hmm. that's where I can name all kinds of hunters and all kinds of buddies. But Cool, cool. So. Well, awesome. We appreciate your service and all of their yeah, service. It's uh, awesome. That's yeah. what's uh, that's when ass whooping falls out of the sky, right? It's right. in a, you want to open up a can of whoop ass. There you go. You throw them right out of an airplane. That is some badass dudes right there. I don't know. I'm, I was gonna I was gonna go further into how badass that is, but I limited my my language. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, well, we're we're uh, we always want to thank all the vets again. If you have a vet shout out or an active duty service member. Dude, let us know. We're we're more than happy to believe us. It, it's it's an honor for us to to be able to mention these people and and know their names. So, um, yeah. With uh, thank you for your service and let's get into it. Uh, right. Thank you. What's so, going on, buddy? Not much, man. I look at enjoying the day and we've been yeah, talking about getting you on an night. episode. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Gene, <laughs> you uh, actually, I should say this. Steve should be taking notes off of Gene's diet because steve's got to lose 30 pounds by june 15th mm-hmm. closing in on a month oh boy this should start. be your idol right here you can do your it influence you just gotta have He's... a mind over matter yeah you're, you you're don't mind and that food don't matter <laughs> man no i've been i've been struggling not 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 horribly but it's just trying to find the right balance you know like i don't right. eat trash anymore and you know i one of my biggest things of why i want to lose weight just like so if i'm in a tree stand like there's no second guess. And, like, I know it's rated for 250 pounds, but yeah, let's be under that. <laughs> well, that, too, and it's like, I think I've told you this before, and Eric's climbed some of my tree stands before. It's like, I really don't think, and no offense to this, but it's like I push you and I give you shit to lose weight because I care about you. But I don't think you could get into my tree stands. There's no way. It's just, it's difficult for me to get in. And I'm not saying I'm skinny and the most in shape guy, but... You know, I make them hard to get in because no one wants to get in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you so. know, this last fall, and I can speak to that because I actually, you know, years ago I started hunting 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually bow hunting. I started 34 years ago normally. But I used to get in the old hang-on tree stands, you know, with right. the screw-in pegs and stuff uh-huh. and way up there and climb like a monkey. You Was know? that the old hang-ons that had, like, the chain, the chain that wrapped around? Oh, yeah. boy. I have a couple I, of those I bought off I Trevor. I still have one. <laughs> it's sitting in the in the barn right now. But Yeah. Uh, you know, and you go up there and you're fighting that chain and stuff, you know. Do you those, remember the company that made those stands? Oh, not offhand. I can see the uh, logo, but I... I think they might have been River's Edge way back then or something. Yeah, they've been around for a while. I killed a real big buck these guys I hunted with. I didn't mean to cut off your story, but nope. they had this old school stand like that with a chain, and it was bright red. Huh. And so I could, don't know So you why. could see it but or like what? It was, it was like fading off, so part of it was like raw, raw metal, <laughs> and yeah, it's bright red, a bright red tree stand. Yeah, but I used to scale those trees, you know, and yeah. and climb up there, no belt, no rope and all that. <laughs> 
you know, and well, even then my belt was what is now you can't even use was just a waist belt that went around. Oh yeah. You right. know, which if you fell would actually slip up your body and under your armpits and then squeeze oh, yeah. you to death. That's right. Why they, I think they Man. banned them, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always funny seeing like, it's just the old tree stands, like, you know, especially like, cause you've been hunting for, for quite a while. So like, I know you've seen, you know, some of the old boys inventions where it's like, dude, they, somebody was getting rid of a deck. Or something, and they throw it up in there. Like, like what I hunt out of, like, it's it used to be, a, like, a front porch deck, and they just raised it up in the tree. <laughs> Slapped it in a tree. Actually, Mark and I built one like that once, and one of our old buddies on the land, and we built this suite in a, in a tree, you know, basically climbing up there, and... Our buddy, you know, when he gets into something, gets full blown into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. He's got to build this, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. It's like before we know, in you know, it. We just sort of a kitchen and everything on it, you know, but not you really. Got a lazy right, boy right. out there you can yeah. sleep in. I'm like, and... man, we're hunting deer. We're building a condominium in a <laughs> right, tree. Right. <laughs> I like, there's something about it for me when I hang a tree stand. I almost have to be like a little uncomfortable. I don't know what, I, that's hard to explain probably, but. If it if it stands too comfortable, I don't feel stealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I like to sit as tight as I can against a tree. Right, and I hold my bow. I I, I know you guys talked about that once. Oh, yeah. I think it was with Logan and, and right. uh, where it feels weird. But man, I will not hunt hanging my bow up. I've just done it ever since I've had a bow. And right, I, really. I leave it on my lap. I you just know, like the big crazy. hangers, or, or it's just in front of you. So it's you're, just right there where you just go. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're talking set. maybe. 10 inches of slow movement to grab your bow. That's what I like. But yeah. you know, See, I just like to be on a ready. I'll have it in my hand. I'll have, I'll keep my, uh, my release hooked and you know, I'll get an itch right. and it'll take about a minute for me to even move my arm up and try to <laughs> scratch it, you know, and that's not that a bad time, thing. The itch is gone. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you always get that itch right when the deer is coming in. You're like, yeah, it's it's weird. You made a reference back to an episode. Like it, it it's odd having people on that actually listen to that podcast. <laughs> I've listened to every one. You know, well, we appreciate Long-time that. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, <laughs> there, you there you go. Yeah, because no, someone listens to Rush. You actually you listened before you even knew us personally, which was cool. And right. then yeah, we all just hit it off because you're good buddies with Mark Wright from Creative Critters, and yeah, you came up with him. To the yeah, to our first shoot. Yeah, that's where we met. And yeah, him and I've known each other for I think. 35 years so it's, it's fifth grade so Man. i feel bad i feel bad for who's him, who's the better bow hunter gene you or mark oh that's <laughs> tough we're both good in, pretty, in different ways right right <laughs> that's He'll him say saying i'm is, better I'll say I, am, so. I know i just i had to ask that question i just want to see what we kind argue of about who get. kills most deer and who does what and right well, well but um he's, he's pretty darn good you have uh you have the advantage this is one of the things we want to talk about um or you call it the advantage we're gonna we're gonna grill you on this you like to use the moon. Now, I think I, I – we don't know if you're into, like, Wick and stuff, so let me see the back of your hands. Let me see. Stars. I don't know if you, like, cut, like – Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, boiling I'm, cauldrons of blood. Yep, I'm not <laughs> just looking at the moon and bleeding and doing well, bloodletting. So, yeah, that's – this is a topic we need to get you back in and uh, on the podcast, and we'll even go even deeper into it, and maybe we'll get Mark around. We'll have a debate. We'll do like a team debate, like in high school, you know, and you had a debate team. When we'll talk about hunting the moon. Well, none of us are virgins, so that's not going to work out real well. well. You don't know my life, <laughs> right, guys? None of us are, right? All right, <laughs> right, right. right. Okay. Someone's a little self-conscious over Just there. Just checking. But uh, hunting the moons, there's a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, a lot of it's like, oh, you always hear this. I feel like, and maybe I just don't really personally. I don't pay that close attention to. it. I'm aware of it, but you always hear like, oh, it's a full moon. The deer won't be moving. 
or that or whatever. You know, it's bright at night. The deer, I don't know. Yeah, they move. They a lot move. of people say if it's a full moon, you know, the deer are moving a lot more at night or midday. Yeah, or, which, yeah. See, right. it's both. Yeah, you hear right. all sorts of stuff because they're moving all night. So then they go take a little nap, and then they're moving midday. But I always question that because when the moon's out, it's a little bit lighter out. So like, it's it, wouldn't it be easier for predators to see? You know, so I've always I've always kind of questioned that, and I've just I've never tried to look into it that deeply. I you know, think I think the predators are going to be predators regardless. Right. Right? Yeah. They're, they're hungry. They're, they're instinctual. So. Right. Well, what I yeah. think is, I don't honestly, I'm not that into it, into the moon face stuff, like I said, but when there's, the moon definitely does have an effect on, on animal and people because people get weird when it's a full moon. Like yeah, you just, people you always hear it. Driving weird. Full moon out. Yeah. I read or, a study that they said it doesn't happen, but I'm like, come on, son. Like, got to. You, you, it, it has to. That's that's the Illuminati. That or I just go no. to Walmart every time there's a full moon for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, what the hell? Is it a full moon? <laughs> it's got to be entertaining to watch the people. Right, oh, right. Yeah. So, Gene, what what is it about the moon phase? Because maybe we're overplaying it to seem like you're super, super into it, but I feel like I feel like you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a freak that way. It's just something I've always followed, and I right. think I was sharing with you guys before the show. You know, I still have a VHS tape of, of Moonbeams, which was, I think, the original guide for Moon Phase. Mm-hmm. And uh, so over the years, you know, when I first started bow hunting, I I didn't have anybody teach me. I learned on my own, and I started watching videos. There was no internet. Right. You know, so I didn't get to go watch YouTube and see this. So Where was the place to get those those uh, VHS and videos like that? Man, now I don't really remember where I got them. I might have got them at Walmart or Farm and Fleet. Or, or mailed know, in for mailed them. Mailed in for them. <laughs> You know, oh really yeah, I forgot send that a check a in and get it three <laughs> yeah. weeks later. Because back then, you know, well, you had VHS tapes everywhere. That's all they sold. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's the only transition. I, but that's so weird. That's the only way you get media. Like you couldn't like check it out on YouTube, or you couldn't just go to Walmart like all the time. Yeah, you'd you'd have to go it. buy the actual yeah. tape. Like, you, you had to see a preview. That's probably how like a oh, lot of guys. You know what I play. bet. It was one of those like commercials where it's like call and order the VHS Mine. thing. Yeah, get like <laughs> get like a free keychain with it. So you, so you got this this moon phase tape, and and it made sense, you know. Right, I right. Was, I started watching it, and so what I always learned about it, and what I've learned over time. I mean, the moon does affect. It's got a gravitational pull, and it does mm-hmm. have an effect. I think with the pressure when it travels and what's called the superior or inferior times, mm-hmm. you know, it has effect on animals and people. Mm-hmm. So, I've always followed it and watched, you know, and, and started, you know, especially with the internet. Now that you can go to salunarforecast dot com or some of the other ones out there. Yeah, we had a couple <clears> of them <throat> pulled up. Let me. Uh... It's kind of weird how it affects that, being that it's an alien base and we've never been there, and the Earth is flat. <laughs> it never happened. We Actually, have a. <laughs> let me let me pull this up here. I'm trying to figure it out, but um, I wonder how many people like if you took like a percentage, like how many people are hunt hunt based off the moon phases and or do it to a point where it really affects on. I bet you there's a lot more than you think that actually go yeah. off the moon phases and follow it. So this is uh, salunarforecast.com. This is the website you were just talking about. And this is, um, yeah, Worldwide Salunar Best Hunting and Fishing Times. See, that's always kind of interesting to me where it's like they give you the best time. It's like they said that's the best time. Well, you know, it depends. I, I always thought it kind of depend on where your stand was. Yep. Where your property is, because yeah, if deer are moving on someone else's property, that doesn't really matter. See, yet. I was going to get into that because you, like I said, you you have an inferior time and a superior time, or what's called overhead and underfoot. 
<clears throat> and what you want to excuse me, what you want to see is when the moon is overhead, you know, directly at your zenith, which is straight overhead. Mm-hmm. That's your superior time. And if you follow that time, and I can't remember what the numbers are now. Like I was saying, I think it was I twelve and a half hours is probably a good safe bet, but it might be like twelve thirteen or twelve forty three. But hmm. if you take when your moon is directly overhead, and and say that's at noon, mm-hmm. well, you want to go fast forward twelve and a half hours. So then at twelve thirty a.m., it's going to be underneath. So at those hmm. times when it's at your zenith and your underfoot. Those are supposed to be the direct times that they have pressure that move animals. Oh, um, that's interesting. Gotcha. You know, and Steve hit it. You know, it, it really depends, too, on where you're at as far as your stand location. So just because you see deer or aren't seeing deer doesn't mean they're moving because you, right. you need to be between their bed and their kitchen, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, at those times, though, they are moving. They're they're what I call crepusculous animals or crepuscular and it's a big word. He's going to start Googling it. He's <laughs> like, hmm. But I'm, it now, I'm using base word pus. That's nasty. Don't need to. But they are crepusculous animals, what they're called, and that basically defines them as moving at, at twilight, either at dawn or, or, you know, before dusk, at twilight hours. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to move, you know, during the nighttime and stuff. They would become nocturnal. But during the daytime, at those certain times, is also a different pressure that puts on them, and I think that, encourages them to get up or whatnot you know like mm-hmm. the full yeah. moon right right and when the full moon comes you know they have all that moonlight all night where they can go around and, and browse and stuff mm-hmm. and uh you know that's when your deer might get lazy enough that they're not going to move until maybe the full moon comes out you know right, they can right. stay bedded until so on this yeah where their right. bed and kitchen is the same place right. <laughs> so, I, I agree <laughs> so on this website you can enter your zip code and then like the month and then um the year, I guess it. Okay, yes, and then it just basically gives you like we entered today, obviously for in our zip code, Sherrard, Illinois, um, and it has major period one has ended, major period two begins in four hours nineteen minutes and thirty five seconds from now. It's got like a countdown. Minor period one has ended. Minor period two has ended. What is that? What you were just explaining with. Okay. Right. Yep. Your your major times are going to be at your overhead, and your minor times right. are going to be at your under underfoot. Okay. It's kind of cool though how you can go. It gives you the date option where you can go back and see. Like, be kind of cool to go back and see what day we shot our bucks. What yeah, time I guess you could see, do that, couldn't you? With yeah, this, yeah, see, you can totally you track it. Yeah, yeah, check it. Oh, we should do that. We'll have to I'm see if that's right in now, our major but... times. You know what I mean? Yeah, Damn, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, look it up. Don't you remember what date you shot your buck? Uh, October twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. I guess take I, a look. I could do that real quick. Okay, so we'll go. So what's this one saying though? Like, okay, let's look. So for today, it's uh, May third, so you... and this is saying it'll it'll it's... show you. So it gives it yeah, it gives it like a rating, a star rating on how good the hunting and fishing is going to be. So today yeah. is a one star rating. And, like, this Friday is going to be a four-star rating. Um, and then it gives, like, you can click explanation and it explains why. So today the explanation for one star is – hold on. Let me go to it here. Um, let's see if it – oh, it doesn't really say. Are based on the moon's phase being 14% waning crescent and is rated – as a one star or average day as the moon transition to a full or new moon, the, uh, solar, the solar theory predicted value will rise. 
Yeah, it's going <laughs> to change right, based on it. your moon phase, and that's what they mm-hmm. base the stars off of. So, so Twilight a, was first like first quarter moon and the last quarter moon. Those are my favorite, I think. You know, because you're going to get more daytime movement versus the full moon. You're going to get more nighttime movement. So when you look at the minor and major times, you know that'll kind of tell you when it's up and down. And if you watch each day, uh, you'll see those times change. You know. Yeah. So and right it, here. So. Maybe a major time is like 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, yeah, not shooting hours. Right. Yeah. So right. this one major for today, major fishing and hunting time is 4.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. Um, then 4.56 p.m. to 6.56 p.m. And then that's major. And then minors like 9.32 to 10.32 a.m. And then it changes per day. So today is a 20% waxing crescent. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> but that's the, that's the moon that's, phase. That's, yeah, that's it, a quarter it, sliver moon. Okay, yeah. showing me the diagram here. So let's go back. So what that's today was one star rating day. So let's type in. Go back to October because yeah, we'll go October twenty fifth. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it just fifteenth. And then you should be able to scroll down to the actual calendar. Yeah. So let's look here. So there's the there's the first. All right, so we're going to the 25th, and me and my dad saw two shooters, um, different shooters. I shot a buck the, tw- the morning of the 25th. There it is right there on the left. 95% waxing gibbous, and it's a three-star rating day. And major times are 11, 11 a.m. to 11 or 1, 11 p.m. So, but you shot that buck That's early. I shot that deer at like 8.30 in the morning. Um. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Every deer is different. It can do whatever it wants. Yeah. But um, so like moon. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, it's, it was a good day though. It's saying it's a good day to hunt. It's a three star rating. That's interesting. There's got to be something to it. And that's the variables. I mean, you really, it's right. really going to depend on where you're set up. If you're set right. up, you know, way out in the field and they're wanting to bed and you're nowhere near their pattern. Exactly. You're not going to see them. But. Yeah. Just because this is saying it's the best day to hunt doesn't mean you're going to go out and see deer everywhere. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. All the time. It's If it takes that little bit to be like, it's saying it's a good day to hunt and that gets you excited to go hunt, go hunt. That's yeah. That's why I like stuff see, like every that. Every day but. I'm excited to go hunt, but I like to use this as an extra tool, you know, especially yeah. when you see it. Hey, I'm going out. I'm I'm there at 5 a.m. Oh, it's going to pump you up more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to see deer at 8 o'clock because that says it. But even if I don't, I'm still excited. Just be there. You know? Right, right. Oh, yeah. And then there's, okay, also is moonconnection.com. Um, so this is all about the moon, apparently. Um, hunting by moon phases. Um, oh, there's tons of stuff about the moon. There's the moon diet. What? Yeah, it was down there. I was looking. Uh, I'm not going to be on it. It's just eating cheese. Yeah. I, I, an, I animals the in the wild. diet probably has to do with their feeding patterns during the moon phases. Probably, yeah. Animals in the wild tend to be less active during daylight hours, fe- feeling safer under the cover of darkness. We all know that. Many animals will increase their activity as dust falls. We know that. Um... Activity amongst all animals is greater when the moon is full, and that is, and that this one form of hunting by moon phase. And well, I said that really weird, but you get what I'm saying. Hunting during periods of full moon can yield excellent results. In other words, if you're aware of the phases of the moon, you're in a better position to anticipate the peak of animal activity. The more active they are, the better your chances will be of finding them. You know who I'd like to get in. Um, to like maybe talk about this, at, like no offense, Gene, but like 
a native like a like a Native like, American who still practices some of those old school traditions of of hunting. You know, the old traditional the, style. I'm yeah. sure they use that. Would be cool. I'm sure they use the moon because you know when you don't have the internet. And the one constant. Yeah. That's why, like, all the, like, the Mayans and all that, like, how they're perfectly aligned. Because they use the stars and stuff. You know, but... Well, that was, that was everything. Because the sky was everything. It brought yeah. you everything you needed. That was the world's map. Right yeah, there. it really was. I'd, I'd like to see, like, yeah, one of them old school guys, like, come in here and see what he talks about. Man, that'd be super... He'd probably cool. hate us because we're using technology to... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just—I'm only kidding about I, that. But I actually are. took astronomy in in college. Did you, you really? Know, when I got out of the service, stuff thinking, hey, this could be fun, easy class, you know. Yeah. But it was actually tough, and I learned more about the galaxy and the stars and Copernicus and how it was discovered, you know. And, yeah. But I, I wanted to learn it too. That's well, all gibberish know? to me. Yeah. Man. Space no is amazing, though, and it's it's cool that it has an impact on what we love to do hunting. You know, it, it's and it really does. You know, it really has an impact on everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything that goes on, you know, it's just, it's crazy. If you really think you, about it, it's nuts. Do you think, now I'm going out on, on, on a limb here. Take us out there. Let's hear it. Do you think that. Don't go too far on that limb. It's got to be a thick Animals, limb. like, <laughs> use use that, like, because everyone says, like, you know, the, the birds have, have the magnetic, um, or like, uh, not magnetic, um, like a compass. Like, they can find the magnetic poles. Do you think. That maybe sometimes deer might use like the stars and the like the, mm. the moon. Because so, I mean, I remember we were talking about. You're like, yeah, they don't like moving on a cloudy day. It's like, well, maybe because they can't see really where they're going. I mean, yeah, maybe they. they I don't use know if the, I ever said that they don't like moving on a cloudy day. You said it, it, I don't know if I would ever say that. Cause I don't, I don't, I think you can't really say that's true or false. Yeah, you I've said something about clouds and in fog. Yeah, yeah. I, I said no. Probably what I said is I the majority of the bucks I have shot have been on a clear, cold morning. Yeah. Normally, but no, I would never say they don't move on a cloudy day. That's ignorant. Because well, not, not that they don't move. They just don't move as much. There's a majority of monster deer get shot on overcast, drizzly days. Really? Some of the best days to hunt big bucks, yeah. Because they can actually smell better when it's a little bit rainy out. Uh, yeah. Because well, I was, I was kind of curious. Like, no, yeah, you, use... you misinterpreted what I said. Right. Most of the big bucks I've shot have been on clear, cold mornings, like clear sky. And I don't know why. It could just be a complete coincidence. I'm going to say yeah. to your question, though, uh, as far as the stars know, because I don't, they're instinctual. They don't think, you know, <laughs> right? They're like, I'm going to follow there's Gemini. I'm going to follow the North star over bell. here. Look. <laughs> but, you know, the moon phase does, it does interact with their movement stuff. Because yeah. as you start looking towards the rut and the harvest moon and you go one month from that, that's kind of how we distinguish, give or take a week when the rut kicks in. And mm -hmm. I think it's because of that particular moon. And, you know, along with weather and the elements being right, you know, because that's the other thing yeah. that I've always wondered, you know, the moon phases does kick them off and stuff. And we try to wait for some extreme cold weather to get the deer moving up here. Yeah. But if you look at the same moon down in Texas where it's warm, they're doing the same thing. Of course, their breeding times change. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's the thing, too. And a lot of people say, you know, once it's starting to get October, you know, late mid October, like, oh, I wish the rut would kick in, but the weather's hot. Well, and then, you know, you could say the same thing with the moon. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. The deer like to move more when it's cold because, you know, if it's hot out and they're chasing does around, it's, but then again, it's like wearing a fur coat in the summer. Right. Yeah. That's very <laughs> true. But then I like to look at it as, you know, once that doe goes into estrus, they're rutting. They don't care. Yeah, once they don't, they don't care. care if it's hot or cold yeah. or. Once that doe goes into estrus, 
all his on his mind is you know what, and that's what he's going for. Yeah, when they so, get that smell and that instinct, and it kicks in, they just yep. I think whether it's hot or cold, they're going to be everything goes out. Too. Everything Dending else knows. goes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could say I, well, when I shot my buck this year, he wasn't with a doe. He, I, I would you could argue that he was cruising. Maybe you know it was the twenty fifth of October, but it was actually ended up to be like a seventy five degree day. You know, and I shot him early, and, you know, I guess that's what you could argue. Well, you shot him before it got warm, whatever. But, yeah, there's so much controversy to it that it's right. so fun to have the conversation about it because it can go it can go either way. Yeah. And this last sure. rut for me was just weird. It did, I, I feel it was a trickle rut anyways. It was just peaks right. and valleys of it and spaced out. I didn't see any particular week solid of just dominant Ch- chasing. chasing fighting scraping you know yeah i don't know if it's just me i mean we all hunt average working man properties you know we don't hunt heavily managed property that you know that we don't have that luxury just because one it's hard for us to afford that and two it's just not always realistic for the majority of people it's not realistic right. you know um some people are fortunate to be born into big family farms and i hate you for that and <laughs> and let me hunt, but uh, right, hey, calm down, Bernie. But yeah, Speaking share it with me, <laughs> right? But um, where was I going with this? But I feel like in the last, I don't know, four years, I haven't really seen a rut like a rut where I'm like, oh, the chasing's on. Like I'll see, oh, they're chasing them one day and then dead. For, what have you not been on Facebook? You know, I don't even. I hate getting on Facebook <laughs> during the rut. Finger quotes, but you know what I mean. It, it seems like. I don't know, but like six, seven years ago, though, I used to have those experiences where I'm like, man, the deer are chasing, and you see bucks running, and and I don't know what it is if it's just, you know, every year changes, you know, it varies from year to year. So it's, I mean, I was pretty, it also depends on where you're at again, too. You know? Exactly, yeah, your exactly. location. I know three years ago uh, was probably the best rut I've seen, and I've seen a couple good ones over the years, but it was one where I literally had to put my bow down because I had these three different bucks from small to bigger buck Mm -hmm. just cruising i mean this one buck he ran right in front of me about 15 yards you know i'm grunting at him i just start whistling i say hey you know basically and he did not want to stop he was just cruising these trails right sat 30 yards down behind this hedge tree that was just blocking me Mm -hmm. and he just laid down for me because i think he just wore himself out and everything like a dog stuff and and uh i'm i'm grunting at him i'm grunting him he didn't care I'm like, and I started yelling at him, get up, you know, what am I going to lose? He's not paying attention. He got up. He went back up the other side over the ridge. He come back down one time, almost hitting his tines right against my tree, you know, and just for an hour and a half, he was cruising. This running crazy. And then this, this other eight pointer. And they were just, they had a highway right there. And I mean, I, there was nothing stopping them. I just set my bow and I always got on my lap anyways. I just, I just watched, yeah. you know, it was pretty neat, but I had that kind of experience happen to me too. I had a buck I was hunting and I actually had hit that deer. I told, I think I might've told the story before I hit the buck like two weeks prior. He was fine. Hit him high on the shoulder. He ducked. He came in 10 yards with some does and he stepped out and I tried to stop him. I ended up yelling, Hey, 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 mm-hmm. yelling at him. While he's chasing does, and then he goes out to fifty yards, stops, looks, and then he's like, "Yeah, it was nothing." Kept chasing them. Yeah, man. When they're in that mindset, there's no stopping them. Yeah. Well, I watched this other one just run the crap out of this doe. I mean, he just had his nose to her rear and was pushing her, and she—I mean, she was just exhausted. He was running her so hard. Yeah. You know, pushing her up and down the ravine and all around through the woods, and I it's mean, weird. It's weird yeah. seeing a deer pant like a dog. Yeah. Up it's, close. it's time to call uh, Law and Order SD. 
It's DU. <laughs> Special dough unit. Special. <laughs> Can you give us a good description of them? No, sorry. Well, it's it's funny it's how so crazy fast, deer man. get during the rut. I have that, I don't know, Gene, if you saw that buck I have. I have a skull plate in my kitchen of this real old gnarly buck I shot my bow like in 2009. Um, and a week before, I actually shot that deer out of that red tree stand I was talking about earlier. A week before, there was a guy, we used to hunt with a guy from uh, New England he had that really heavy accent. Chowder. Yeah. Chowder, go to the park. Yeah, exactly. He'd say, go to the bar, take a couple beers. Oh, what would he say? Wicked queer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was wicked queer. (laughs) Look at these fawns over here. He was a really good guy, and he used to to have uh, lobsters and oysters and stuff shipped out to hunting camp, and he'd he'd cook it with butter and a turkey fire. It was awesome. But, uh. He hunted that stand a week before I did and missed that buck. And, you know, he's from out there. or He's not used to the Illinois deer that we have. And he's like, oh, man, I missed a monster. Oh, man. <laughs> I shot. I was shaking so bad. I shot right over his back. And then he's like, uh, there was a doe there that he was, ch- he was chasing this doe around. He's like, he went up behind her and flipped her right up like a tea kettle. And he said, <laughs> he went up, rammed her rear legs, and broke her legs in the wow. back. He's like. He's like, I would try to get a shot at her, but I don't know. I guess she limped off in, in its old coal mine stripping property. So when she went into the spoils, it, she was gone. But, yeah, I shot that deer a week later and snort wheezed him in November 13th. And you can just tell if a deer turns around and gets pissed at a snort wheeze, he's, you got an old brawler oh, yeah. on your hands. In there. He's coming to you, too. Oh, yeah. It was scrapper. Yeah. Like a tea kettle. I'm like, jeez, babe. But. That's funny. You can, you can use a little ladies' room, Gene. Well, Gene. <laughs> I have to. He's over here slamming water over here. He's healthy, Steve. Yeah. He you is, take man. notes. That's, a, that's what a healthy person does. We're not drinking bush lattes on this episode. No, we're not. We do. We're trying oh. to be better is, role models. It is Tuesday, though. So it is Tuesday. It's a little it's bit point. earlier in the week. We save our beer for a Thursday night episode, you know, because you just got to suffer through that one day of work before the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That that is the the very have, nice thing about we having, have cut down a lot though we were like a thirty pack down to an eight now we're at just a twelve pack an episode so we're doing good we're trying to we're trying to get Steve to uh, change his life around what am I drinking right now he is drinking water out of a mason jar in Sherrard Illinois <laughs> a good old Sherrard um, water while Gene stepped out this weekend guys we're having our third annual working class bow hunter shoot and that's s h e w t um it's going to be at logan's house actually um anyone in the local surrounding area that'd be interested in coming um shoot us an email and we'll get you directions out to that we're going to play a bunch of games and all oh, there'll be pictures and basically everyone we get i don't know there's going to be a bunch of people this year everyone brings the target and then we just go for it um it's a lot of fun um if you want to come email us and we'll Get you to where you need to be. It's supposed to thunderstorm though, but I think we're going to shoot either way to just, it'll just be fun. Be one of those ones to remember, I guess. Yeah, it's a good time, especially with kids. I bring my kid out and he just oh, yeah. loves it and watching everybody shoot. We usually set up a little course for the kids too, a little, Zo- a couple of zombie target. And, yeah. Oh, they Something like the zombie they targets. Yeah. My kid thinks that's the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll bring it. I'm going to go out Friday night and set up and we're going to get everything marked out and have the zombie out there for everyone. And, cool. It's it's so much fun. It just shows you how much fun like archery can be. It's like we're being competitive, but really we're not at all. Like we're just oh, it's a lot of fun. It's out to have we're out to have fun and just have right. a good time. We play a game called Knockout, and this is like a fun game. If you guys get your friends together to play, 
there's a so I have a block four by four four target and it's got like that big white octagon probably about the size of a paper plate roughly and yeah. everyone starts and you can split up and have teams we start at twenty and you got to make it inside twenty yards you got to make it inside the white if you make it inside the white you get to go back you advance you advance to thirty and so on it just keeps going back and until the last person standing yeah, it's, you can it's go a game the, of elimination yeah yep that's what it is it's it's kind of fun and it's crazy because you know you think oh that's no big deal well by the time you're waiting around and it's like everyone's watching and we're yep. all heckling each other oh yeah it's like it's a game of nerve it's a mental game in a way because you know you can shoot you know all of us can put an arrow inside that paper plate at 50 yards but when you got 25 people Heckling you, yep. pressuring you. Everyone's watching you. Miss it, you, miss it, yeah. and you're like, oh, man, ignore it. It's, it's difficult. It really it's is. nerve-wracking, man. I tell you what, this is the first year. I, you know, I got an old antiquated PSE I started with, an yeah. old pendulum sight. I never shot more than 30 yards. Yeah. You know, and actually this last year, you know, unless you guys and challenge, I've moved, you know, I've moved on for a couple other bows since then. Yeah but I've always shot a pendulum and I've never taken those risky shots. And, you know, so this kind of, I got my new bow, you know, which I love elite and that's what I bought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to a single pin HHA They're awesome. thinking, man, you know, and I have never had so much fun in my 20 years of shooting until this last year with that bow yeah. and expanding, you know, going to the shoot and being right. able to shoot, you know, 50, 60, hundred right. yards. Yeah. It's a you blast. Know, ain't it sucks past 50 yards, but, you know, it's just, I, I sit in my yard now, it's 60 yards, you just start flinging arrows. I'm uh-huh. like, man, this is just so fun. It's like a, it's, you know, it's meditation. You can only shoot at, you know, 20 yards at the same dot over and over and over, and that's what I did. At least for you're so not hitting, years, yeah. But, at least you're not hitting your gas tank and your tire yeah, anymore. Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> what, what did <laughs> you, was impressive. Was wasn't it? Oh, my wife was proud. It was the next day after <laughs> I bought my bow in October. And, oh, uh, sighting it in. Yep, I was sighting it in. And like I said, I've always shot a pendulum. It's no thinking, you know. So you get up in the tree stand 20 feet, it's good out to 30 yards. It did the math for you. Yeah. And it right. swung, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got that new HHA sight, and I'm sitting there at 20 yards. Boom, boom, did you boom. do the single pin HHA? Single pin, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That, I didn't want all the cluster the optimizer yeah. ultralight. Yep. Sweet sight. So yeah. you're up you're up in a stand doing this? No, I'm on the ground and I'm shooting twenty and then uh-huh. I step back and I'm you know, I'm setting it at twenty and thirty and forty so I can get my tight sight tape. Actually mm-hmm. I didn't even have to do that because Poppy did some magical math, the bow wizard that he is, <laughs> and put this tape on and it was spot on. It's crazy. Yep. And I was hitting twenty, so my wife went to work that this that morning and uh I was shooting at 40 yards. She pulled up. I'm like, honey, check out this new bow, you know. Listen how quiet it is. Man, I just love it. Mm-hmm. So I step up to the 20 yards and knock an arrow. Forgot that I have to change that sight change back the from dial. 40 to 20. <laughs> and boom, I launched it right over the back of my deer target, right through the gas tank of my uh, log splitter. <laughs> I mean, I had great penetration. It went straight through it. But, Did you have yeah. two holes or one hole? No, it was two holes. It, two it, holes. it shot straight through it. All the gas leaked out. Great blood trail. So the even yeah. better than that, the next day, you know, so I'm like, great. Now we got this, pull it out. And the arrow was great. I mean, it shot through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting used to it. I'm like, no brainer, rookie mistake. I got to remember to turn that dial and get right. used to that. You got to do that once at least. So my kid was moving firewood the next day and we got this big uh, bicycle wheeled cart, you know, that he was moving it with. 
part of his it's, punishment, I take it, right? Yep, well, yep. part of his, his dues for living in my house. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing for free. I tell him, you're you're already in debt. With You got clothes, you got food on the table, and you got a roof over your head, son. There's, Medical there's bills no, when he was born. He yep. started life in debt. Right. <laughs> Everyone so, does. So I'm shooting, and uh, he had parked that cart in front of that dang uh, <laughs> log splitter, which is never there. So right. I'm shooting and shooting, and I think I was getting tired or something. Then I shot under the belly. Any normal time, that arrow would have just stuck straight in the ground. Um, but where'd it go? Right through the tire of that dang bicycle tube. So I, so I took out a bicycle tire, and I took out a log splitter. That's funny. in this new bow. But. And you're killing stuff already. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Take well, stuff down. We'll all get out there. I mean, rain or shine at the shoot this weekend and just have a good time. I know you said, Gene, you're only going to be able to come out for a little bit, but... You know, I think it'll be fun. You know, we were, like, thinking, if it rains, do we cancel it? And I'm like, you know what? It might be more fun to just shoot anyway. If it, I could probably rig an umbrella that goes off my lamp. You know, off my lamp. Ah, shut up. So it's right over top of you. Uh, yeah, like uh, a canopy. A pop-up yeah. thing. Uh, what, those easy-up tents. Yeah. yeah. Me and Logan have, can hang one. out in that little uh Do you have one of those, line. Eric? Yeah. Bring it, will you? We'll it's, just set it's it. It's even camouflage. We'll just set it up anyway. We ain't going to be able to see it, but. You want to? Bring it. We'll just set yeah, it up anyway. bring it. Yeah, you can stand under that if it's raining and at least shoot so keep your bow dry if your yeah. side's got tape on it. I'm going to camp, I think, anyway, rain or shine, I'm thinking. Yeah, camping is rain or shine. I'm going to sleep know. in uh, Logan's bed with him. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. He'll like that. We're going to snuggle up. Probably, Probably, like, I, I might try and sleep that li- that little blind that he's <laughs> the got. little baby yeah. ground blind? Yeah. <laughs> your pop-up blind, thing. hunting yeah. blind? Oh, dude, this thing's itty-bitty. <laughs> Me and Logan tried to get in there. Uh, I got a little itty bitty mirror step one in it. I think that's what it is. It's yeah, tiny. It's old doghouse or something. You cannot like fit. You can't draw a bow back in it. The one that by yourself. That, well, even me, and I'm only five four. I, I actually have to get off my stool in this one and and get on my knees. And you got to watch your. It's probably, it's probably the same not one. touching the roof. Well, yeah, because you're shooting a thir- the elite thirty five, the E thirty five, right? Yeah. So you even have a longer bow to worry about and something right. like that. But yeah, I went from a, a Hoyt uh, Vectrix, and I think that one was only like thirty or thirty one. You know, I shot really that was one. that short? I thought that those were a little longer. Short. Really, was, I got that one in two thousand three. I think it was. Okay, and at that time it's it's pretty little. Right, and really, that one fit in there, but yeah, it was a completely different transition going from that shorter axle to a thirty-five. Right, more forgiving and, though, and it really doesn't seem like that much. But then once you start it moving is. around and stuff, yep, it is. My bow's he- I, I have heavy stuff on my bow, so people pick up mine. They're like, "Geez," but I don't know how how yours is set up. But yeah, and I'm working on that because you know I've I've always shot a front stabilizer and I always shot a little one like I. The bow I got out in the truck. Like a six-inch or whatever? It's my old PSE, yeah, a little six-inch doinker, which is always funny to me. But Right. Uh, you know, six-inch the doinker. stabilizer now I got is a 10-inch on the front, and I even added a back one, which is new. Right. And now I'm just really trying to figure out that balance and how much to put on it. Yeah. And I really had that back one loaded up to where my bow was really heavy because I struggle holding holding my pin up. I drift down. I always drift yeah, down. Yeah, you let it fall out. Yep. And, I uh, need to do. I need to get a back bar. I might run into the bone shed and do that before I shoot. Yeah, they got them there. I yeah. looked at them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now I got so much weight on there. I'm like, man, this is just heavy. So a couple of weeks ago, I took them all back off and like, oh man, it's so much lighter. Do yeah. I really need this much weight? It was just me and my position. And I, you know, I'm still yeah. learning this bow. Well, that's the thing too. Good for it. Bow hunting has gotten so technical, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's fun to tinker with. But in my buddy Jason. Um, one of the best deer hunters I know, great archer, but he just doesn't 
he doesn't do the 50 yard shots. He goes, you know, honestly to me, bow hunting's a 30 yard sport and I'm, he's not a target archer by any means. He, he's in it to bow hunt. He's a, he wants to kill deer. So, you know, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I, I shoot 30 yards. I don't shoot past 30 yards. It's just what I do. And I'm like, oh, I respect yeah, that. He's that's, okay with it. And, that's yeah, the way it's no, been for a long time. Yeah, well, I've seen those pictures, and uh, he's doing absolutely the, nothing wrong. The, the guy's <laughs> a stud. I I, I, it just ethically still, it's, it's just ingrained in me. I, yeah. I, don't, I was never, one, comfortable taking anything more than 30-yard shot, especially with that pendulum. He didn't. Right. I knew that was my limit. Right. Yeah. So that's right. always kind of just in the woods. It's always been my max anyways. Right. But right. I, I do think that the way that a lot of guys approach archery now, um, a lot of guys are getting... They over-engineer it. Yeah, they over-engineer it. And a lot of these guys are seeing the people like, like Cam Haynes, and, and they're, they're going after it, um, you know, shooting at 60 yards, you know, putting groups at 60 is like nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it's so, not. So, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of changing a little bit. And I think the generation that's coming up now, you know, especially for us, like if you're comfortable at shooting 60 yards, you may not think as, think about it as much taking a shot at a 60 yard if, if a deer's at, you know, 55, 60. Right. Just because you know you practice at a higher level than but, that. But here's my concern with this. Like, there's a couple different ways that, like we can discuss this right now and. One is I think it's awesome that people are extending their range. They're getting more. They're trying. More people now are trying to learn about the equipment they have rather than just relying on their Bowtech to do it all for them. Yeah. You know, like guys are, you know, playing with different sights, different dovetail lengths. Like you know, if your sight sticks off, whatever. If your bow oh, different. different different sizes of peeps. Yep. Just stabilizers, you know, lenses, whatever. Um, but the thing is, it's like yeah, you can practice all that, but if you don't have hunting experience mm-hmm. and the, the knowledge of how animals move and you don't know how to read you know gene you've been hunting for a long time you know twice as long as or probably more than that i've been hunting so i don't know actually i think the, as long as you guys been alive yeah yeah, yeah. Longer, longer. yeah i'm 25 so you got more in yeah so been hunting since yeah 10 years before you were born but it's yeah, just I like started when i was 14 and i'm gonna be 45 in may a couple of days after well a couple of weeks after oh. mark so he's the old old man so you know <laughs> you know even better than we do yeah, that yeah you got one foot in the grave already <laughs> well he's, yeah, yeah. he's got one and a half on <laughs> but you know better than we do i mean because you just have been around longer you have more experience that it don't matter if you can shoot a dime at 60 yards every arrow but if you don't know how to read the body language on a deer, mm-hmm. you're going to just – you have to know that stuff. It's not a one-sided thing. You can't be just really good at archery and then just suck at reading deer. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get this e- – maybe not. Not everyone's like this, but this is my concern that I'm looking at. That like, they're getting too confident in their equipment. Wait, and well, not, I, yeah. I can shoot a dime at 60 yards, and then they're in the timber, and a deer's on edge, and maybe cool. he smelled you, and you shoot at 60 yards – and. Then you wound a deer. It can that, what, could you shoot that dime if it was ducking? Well, yeah, it's a whole different you know? state of mind, too, when you're right. shooting at a target. At, to at a... 60 yards, for me, you know, my vision's not great. So right. for me to see if that deer is truly, has he got his front leg fully open and mm-hmm. exposing those those organs, you know, right. the vitals. And, you know, then and with that, you know, I got a lot. I, I got a short draw length, and, and mm-hmm. I'm shooting a low FPS because of my draw length. How short length is it? That, 27 it's still longer than yours yeah <laughs> i love it i love it i knew he it. knows what you're, what you're <laughs> oh, so, 27 and a half with a loop so they even got more but right right uh, 
So taking that long shot at 60 yards, you know, one, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm more confident now in my shooting and, and practicing that For way. Sure. Makes but 30 still, yards way easier. Yeah, I'm still not ethically confident as far as, okay, it's position and stuff, how much arch I have in my arrow trying to get there, and then yeah. what's the kinetic energy and pass-through, you know. Right. And you only need six inches to go in and hit a vital to do the damage, but, you know, maybe it won't if it has just yeah. it lost that energy. and Hits and a hits limb, hits whatever. Yeah. Well, those it, distances, it can be a difference dude, of, yeah. You and got wind, you got okay. everything to come into one play. One little torque, and yeah. it, it could change eight inches from yep. your kill shot to a gut shot. Well, yeah, and a lot of people don't practice from a stand, so your your form and your hand position, everything's going to be different with all your hunting clothes. If you have gloves on, if you're being weird trying to move around a limb, shoot under or over a limb, like all those mental things, you're shaking. You're, yeah, your heartbeat. Second. Yeah, you're up higher. It's just there's stuff you can't see in the woods. There's so much that plays into it. That, but you know that being said, though you know the guys that can hit dimes at sixty yards can do anything they want at thirty. Thirty yards becomes that much easier. There's so like a chip shot. Yeah, right, it's just you know. it's, it's so much easier mentally, and that's why most people shoot long distance because that you know when a deer comes in at twenty, he's dead. Yeah. If you want that deer to be dead, you you just have full confidence in your arrow. When it's, it's like making it's a short putt. Right. Exactly. Right. You know. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that? And this is a, a question to our listeners and to you guys. Do you think that maybe some people overthink the game of archery and kind of over-engineer? I know it's fun to do that. Like, you know, John Dudley is the man, like, tinkers with things. He knows his stuff. But do you think sometimes when it comes to just bow hunting and just being accurate in a, in a simple form, do you think it's like, well, I need this but in order to do this. I need this, otherwise I can't do this. You know what? I'm, you know what I mean? I've, I've actually been thinking about Does that question this. make sense? Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking absolutely. about that a lot lately, and it's like, yeah, how much more – technology can we keep putting into 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 hunting you know it's going to get to a point where it's going to turn into killing you know it's not going to be hunting i mean yeah obviously i it's, when you add it up like the trail the trail cams that they're getting to the technology and bows all yeah that, where, where the trail up. cameras are sending you pictures live right there well emails every time you know, it goes off right you know now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you've got you know a trail cam you know where it's set up and you get that email when you're in the stand um, I, you know, I, I do think that they are trying to make it easier for people to get, get out there and, and, and go try and kill something. But at the same time, I mean, if you keep making it that much easier and, 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 I, and it's, it's going this way with like sports equipment, like ball bats, you know, for like youth, like younger people, they're trying to make it so that younger kids and stuff have a little bit easier time and, and can perform at a level so they want to stay stick with it. Problem with that is now you're giving everybody this false sense of, you know, you can always do this. Well, I mean, I don't know. If the technology keeps up and doesn't go back, that's one thing. But I, I think you're really just the the more technology you put into it, the more you're starting to take away from it. And I say that yeah. as I love seeing all the new stuff that come out on bows. Right. Maybe that's just because I love archery so much, and I love double edged sword. It, it is. It's in like, a way. It's like yeah, I I love this, but where where does it stop? Where can I really draw that line? I'm old school. I'd rather go out. I like to do my scouting. I like mm-hmm. you know I like the guesswork. And so right. I put two cameras out, and that's it. But it's it, merely just to see if where I'm guessing if anything's coming through. If not, you know, and just see right. what's out there. But but let me I ask still you this. rely on my scouting and, and mm-hmm. 
my tree stand what, placement. The basic the nitty gritty hunting yeah. knowledge right. is what. Yeah. What would make it more exciting? Knowing there's a giant deer on the property and you go after it. Or hunting one morning and then seeing yeah. that giant deer. Yep, yeah. You know, I know people that would better. get you. That would get you out to like, oh, I, wanna, I can't wait to see him. Obviously, when you see him, it's like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, if you're just For sitting sure. there, like you hang a stand, you're like, I'm seeing a couple scrapes here, and then you're like, oh my lanta. Well, I'll be completely honest. You know, a lot of people. One over check their tr- their trail cameras for sure. Like, and I, I kind of go at a different approach where I probably won't. If I put cameras out now, I probably would. I, I don't have any cameras out now. I pull them down, but I probably honestly this year won't put cameras out until August. I don't, and I won't them, check I them when I start putting mine out. Yeah, and I won't check them until if I'm just gonna go to, on the way to the stand. I'll check. You know, I maybe I'll check me before and see if there's any bucks moving. But during season, once I'm hunting, I don't go out of my way to pull those stands or pull the, those cameras and move a camera here, move a camera here because, like we said earlier, I hunt average people you know working man grounds where right. it's not my property you don't want to bugger it up yeah i'm not going to run circles around that ground all day just to go check this camera over here when i hunt 50 yards over there and i'm thinking the deer's bedding over there because you're just mixing everything up you know and, and the only way i'll check mine is during season is if it's on my way to my stand the same path i take every time you but know? that's going to be where people are like well that's why you get the ones that email your pictures to you see and i put mine just not everyone can afford stand. those yeah. right yeah they're meant right you know? But I put my cameras just off the beaten path of the trail I go in, and it's on my stand. And I really won't check it. I'll let the pictures build up for about three weeks. Yep. And then one trip, when I'm going to my stand, I'll take an SD card, because mm-hmm. I don't have one with a viewable window on it and stuff. Yeah. Take an SD card. I'll swap out my SD cards, put it in my pocket, and I'll hunt. And when mm-hmm. I get yep. home, then I pop yeah. it in the computer and I look at it. That's yeah. what I was doing. You know, if it's right there, you know, and if you – if there's one on, like, you know, the other side of the property, don't, don't go after it. Just check let, it next let it time. Sit. It's not going to hurt anything. This you know? is the famous quote from just people that overcheck cameras. It's just, I think what happens is people get, like, a decent buck, overcheck their cameras, boom. Where do they gone. all go? He's well, gone. man, let's break it down. You know, I mean, you go in how often and check those cameras out of your way. I know it's exciting, but that's more the anticipation is, like, Leave the pressure off if you ever want to have a chance. That, in my opinion, you've educated them. Yeah, you know? yeah, They're, yeah. You're, you're putting it, more scent in there, mm-hmm. and yep. chances are they they'll just move their normal travel out fifty yards, and it will always be right out of your reach. Exactly. Yeah, because if you, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, yeah, if you let it build up, you know, you like you you don't check it. All of a sudden, you go and check it. You know, you put it out there August, and then you go check it September twenty eighth, twenty eighth, or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to see that it's kind of established here because you weren't in there screwing around. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it looks like they like to kind of come by here between five and, you know, seven or whatever. You know, it may vary. Right. And that, that's a good chance rather than you going in there at five and seven and they happen to see you. And then now they're like, ah, we're not going there anymore. Well, a good example, my they, buck they last year. You. Oh, they will for oh, sure. Yeah. My, the, my buck I shot last year, I have. Two pictures of them, like two minutes apart, at the end of August. I don't think I checked my trail cameras. I actually I checked them during season. After that, that was the last time I checked. I didn't have any more pictures of them, but I shot them the first morning. I I hung a stand the first morning I hunted there. I shot that deer, but I had no previous pressure in that area at all. So that deer's probably pattern was maybe he didn't do it every day, but every so often probably walked right through where I shot him, and it's just. 
if but if I went in every day and checked my cameras, he might he not have done that. You probably know, probably avoided that area. But the thing is, you don't know. That's the beauty yeah. of it. You never you know. Don't was know. it um was it Bill Winky that that said he's like the best way to think about this? You know, for for a deer is like think like how you are as a person. If you walk down an alley and you hear a very strange noise, you probably won't avoid that alley the rest of your life, but you will for sure for the next couple days. Think right. about it. You know. How it's... many pictures have you ever seen? And I just started using cameras three years ago, and really I only like them because I just like some pictures of the nature, you know, the, mm-hmm. the deer. Oh, yeah. I, I really don't use them for scouting or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slight bit just to see what's going through, but mostly I just like to see the pictures. And right. if there's deer in the area. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've gotten so many pictures of does and stuff with their nose touching it because that flash goes oh, off. Yeah. You know, it's infrared and stuff, but it mm-hmm. still makes that red flicker. Oh, yeah. They're curious and their nose right up against it getting which pictures, is, you know. Oh, which yeah. is kind of odd, you know, thinking that, you know, if you think how a deer thinks, they're <laughs> so used to hearing all these noises that any odd noise, like, you know, is going to, is gonna like, like if you hear something weird in your house. You're going to be freaked out. It's weird that they they would you know get a little curious. I mean, maybe it's not well that alarming. I've but... had a lot of those before where it's just oh, like I got, I got nothing, and then an eyeball's right there, or yeah, like his nose so or an ear just, or something. They're still like a cat. I mean, they're they're instinctual, so they don't think. There's something that they immediately get a surge that scares them. They're off, right? You know? Right. It's they're probably curious because animals. they're still curious because you know? it's so close. They walked up on it it's so close. Maybe it's because it's like not. Something scary. Steve, what tree. were you saying? The point, like where Bill Winky was saying, that if a deer's walk, or if you're walking through an alley and you hear a noise, but you don't ever see anything, like you, you know, you're not going to avoid that alley for your whole life. But you might, you might give it a couple of days for you walk back down. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think he, uh, I think there's more to it. He's like, but if something jumps out at you, no, he said if if you see a guy in that alley coming at you with a knife and you go, oh god, and run out of there, you're probably never going to go down yeah, that alley yeah, yeah, again. Right. That's how he compared like the like how bad you spook a deer. I think the question to him was like when you're walking to your stand and you spook the buck you're hunting. And he's like, well, it's kind of your judgment on how do you think he was spooked, and that's kind of the analogy he used. Yeah. But it's see, I kick into paratrooper mode and I give a battle scream, you know. So usually, <laughs> if I see someone in the alley, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, I have a hard time running. Wouldn't that yeah. suck if deer thought that way? Yeah. I'd be gorged right now. Yeah. I'd be I'd be done. <laughs> but it's just. They kind of do scream, though. You know, they give you that big old wheeze and take off. The 17 snorts and the stomp, and then they're out. You know, I had one in, uh, oh, it was probably 15 years ago. I actually bought uh, Cyclops Night Owl. It's a monocular night vision, you know, when they first came out. Oh, yeah. They were affordable at a couple hundred dollars, you know, Uh because I always thought it'd be cool. And, uh, but I remember going to this one property, and it was one, I was sharing a story earlier that got burnt the next day. Um, oh, yeah. Because of a wildfire. But I was walking in. It was rainy night. So the grass, tall grass, was super wet. And I was doing the Quiet. absolute super sneak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was sneaking in. You know, the wind was in my face. It couldn't have been any more perfect. And I dang near stepped on this buck. I mean, I got right up on him. That thing jumped up. It was pitch black. I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face. And just gave out this. I don't even know what kind of a noise scared him. Like as a much deep as growl me. thing. Yeah, I just took off about twenty feet. I put that monocular up. I'm like, holy cow, you know. <laughs> and I about walked up on this thing. And I tell you what, my my heart was outside of my chest. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I've been ran over by a wild turkey before shed hunting. Oh, oh boy. Back, uh, I used to hunt that ground I said earlier that was old coal mine stripping area. So it was just hill over hill after hill after hill. 
I'm looking for sheds. I'm looking down. I wasn't really like looking up ahead of me too far, which I probably should have been. And I think there was a hen on a nest and ran, didn't hit me, but r- scared me so bad and ran just close enough. I hit the ground and I oh, just, yeah. I fell down. I'm like, Oh man, like same feeling. I was just like, thought I was getting attacked oh, by something. Can't breathe. Yeah. It's weird walking like that. I've had, it was last season. I was walking, uh, Walking to the stand, I was walking like this. It, there's like this road, um, and I was walking on it, and yeah, these this group of turkeys just walked right out in front of me, like probably like thirty feet, and that's just something that it, it'll scare. I mean, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll scare scared. you a little bit. Oh, I was yeah. like, because oh, I didn't see anything. Like I just, it was just, just like you. You don't expect. You expect them to be running the other way, and like when they're not afraid of you, it's like, all right, dude, this is when they, they're 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 ganging up. Like this is over for me. What's the most? A question for everyone here in the studio. What's the most scared you've been in the woods without actually anything happening to you, like freaking your own self out or whatever it may be? Actually, this and I I know there's some conspiracy theory with it, but uh every year buddy and i for the last 11 years go down to a forest and we hunt and we camp for the week and hunt the public land for a whole week Uh uh-huh and uh i was walking down a sandy fire break to my tree stand and it was in the dark in the morning Mm -hmm. and uh so then it got light well on my way back from the hunt there was dog prints what looked like that were as big as my hand we took a picture of it and put my hand over top of it Mm -hmm. It looked like wolf prints and they were right on top of my footprints, like it followed me right into the stand. Oh and no! And that spooked me out for the rest of that whole week. Oh, I you bet. Know, and, uh, it's it, always looking behind you and just it couldn't thinking have been about a it. Dog print. It was way too big for dog print. <sighs> and I'm telling you what, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because we were both. And and it was just, it was just a few years ago. And it was <laughs> when I remember we were sitting at the uh, at the campground and we we're looking in the DNR book and stuff, and they had that little square in there that says, "Please recognize wolves." <laughs> You know, versus a coyote because they're can't they're not to be shot. And I'm thinking, you know, and then you get in all the conspiracy theories of wolves are placed and all that. Right, right. Minds, but I'll tell you what, this was a print that I it was pretty unquestionable. But without seeing it, don't know. But if it was a dog, that thing was bigger than a bull. Well, it's just the thought that it was like it could have been tracking you. You know, I mean, its steps were on every one of mine. Like it just nosed itself right behind me. I had Ooh, right where you were. It's spooky. You know, it was in the sand, clear as day. Now, I, uh, I don't know. There, I, I told the story once. Actually, we told with with Poppy. Poppy has a funny story, but yeah, I was just, I was, I was leaving the <laughs> Poppy. Something chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was leaving the woods one day, and like for some reason, it was just extra dark, and because the moon wasn't out. I, I don't know. It, it was that like Steve's eyes were closed. Yeah. yeah. So like I'm walking out, and dude, I I don't know why, but like I just started getting chills. I was like, uh, it was dark in the woods, and you were getting chills. No, I mean it was like something was like I dude, something didn't feel right, and I never felt that before. Just was like, okay. Let's get out of here. So, like, I started. <laughs> you ran? No, no, no. I was speed walking. Oh, I, dude, I, I was walking. I was, I was like, like I was at the mall at six in the morning, speed walking. Like, oh, like that weird dude, guy. I booked it out of there. I hopped 
right in my truck because like I couldn't you know, like you couldn't see anything. Like I get in my car and I lock the doors, and I was like, I still can't see anything. I'm like, I just gotta go. Like I I just like throw my gear on the front seat. I don't know what it was. I've never been like that. Like I need to get out of here immediately. That's funny. I have no idea. Next, I always picture next myself. Next night I went out. Nothing. You'll mentally freak yourself out walking oh, yeah, in the dark all the sometimes. Time. And all the people that I know that don't hunt, like, how do you walk through the woods in the dark by yourself? I don't get it. It's so scary. And I'm like, I really think, I used to freak me out when I was a little, like, younger. But, I mean, you mentally can freak yourself out. But then you think, like, I'm literally the most dangerous thing in the woods right now. And unless, if a buck really wanted to kill me, I mean, that'd be a cool way did, to go yeah. out. But just, you know what I mean? I, I don't use a flashlight or anything. I'm anti-flash. I, I just know exactly where I'm going. Right. I don't use lights and stuff. See, that's awesome. I, I What I'll do is I'll have a headlamp on, and if it gets, if I have to use it, I'll turn it on. But half the time, I, I'll try and shut it off. I this One of the spookiest stories I had, it never really had anything to do with me in this, like walking to the woods or getting like freaked out or nothing. But um, we hunted a big chunk of property in like central Illinois. And one of the guys, Steve, the guy that you think looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that guy. Dude, the guy looks just like, well, can we post a picture of him? Mm, I'd have to ask him. Okay, ask him. Um, But the thing is, like, he's a big guy. He's like six foot five. And I'm he might even be like pushing six, seven. This dude is huge. He's tall, big. The guy's hilarious. He jokes around a lot. But when he's serious, you can tell he's serious. He's like, man, man, I was walking along this trail. It's like a it's like a log road a, that we use. You can drive through its mode. It's like grass. And then there's a cornfield that cuts like hard 90 degree right, and there's the edge of the cornfield. So he's walking on the grass, turned to the cornfield, looked up, and he's like, there's this big black, this is daylight, by the way, big black wolf-looking thing. He's like, it was too big to be a dog. He's like, and it had the, like, the little-looking ears. He's like, and it looked like it was looking straight through me. And he's like, I swear it was a wolf. He's like, I swear it was a wolf. And he said it looked at me for a second, and then it just darted, went went left right back in the woods. And it's like he never even heard it run out through the woods. Well, we're kind of like, and there was jokes like in that property of there being a black panther. And there was actually footprints and everything like that. So we're like, no, yeah, you saw the, the wolf panther, the wolf <laughs> panther hybrid. It's out here. You know, we're all just giving them shit. Yeti wolf. Yeah, so we're in, we're in camp just drinking beer at night just like oh yeah just basically didn't give him a break like who would you know well one of our buddies jeff that hunts a great hunter um he's lots of pictures on my wall of fame in the garage yeah um the guy just knows how to kill monster bucks he comes in he always has he like does just filmed himself for fun video and he's like hey guys come look at this video pulls up on his computer he's got a video of this thing and it's walking right down the middle of the county road, like walking away from him in the center of the road. This thing, it, it had to have been a wolf. And he had footage of it, clear ah, HD footage of that's it. That's insane. This thing was covered in stickers and and just all this stuff. It had hair Steve. falling out. It's walking. He's going, hey, hey. And it just ignores him. He goes, hey. This thing stops, turns around, and looks. And it just, same look that guy described, look clean through you like so, yellow eyes i'm like yeah that's a wolf gotta be a wolf. a wolf so imagine me the next morning walking to my stand after physically like actually seeing video and hearing the story i'm like well yeah no if uh, that happened to me i don't care what the law says i'd be joined with 38 friends <laughs> <laughs> special plus p you know what i mean that's that's nuts dude like you want to tell me i can't carry a gun to a stand when 
there's like a wolf running around. Like, get get out of my face. Like, right. I, w- I want to come home safe. Like, right. you you always stress to wear a harness, but yet don't bring a gun to the woods with you just in case there's a feisty critter. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that was a little long-winded story, but I figured I'd give you the gist yeah, of it. You should be able to, you know, as long as you're an ethical hunter, and that's, that's what ruins it. Yeah. Because some people might, well, hey, it's closer... You know, farther than I think, I just shoot him with my gun. But you know, right, yeah, but right. if you sh- if you shoot a deer with it with a gun, then you know, hey, all of a sudden you lose your gun right. right. How's that sound? Yeah, be responsible. It would be nice to be able to carry yeah. though. I had one more quick story too on that because uh, it was actually last November. It was Black Friday, and I started segueing into that earlier when we were talking about hang on stands and mm-hmm. stuff. And then we got derailed, but. Uh, that's what we do best here yep, on the show, I G. bought new uh, tree steps, you know, screwing tree steps. I thought, I'm going to get in this new spot. I got a new property. Mm-hmm. You know, they just let me hunt, and I'm going to put one of those hang-ons in again, you know, that I got. And uh, that's when I realized, too, that when I was a little over, more overweight, man, the next morning when I went to get in that thing, oh, my gosh, I'm like, what did I do? And I was coughing <laughs> and puffing, and I was like, I'm going to fall out of this thing. And I yeah. took it down that day and sold it to Mark. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> We were hanging it. It was on Black Friday, and we started out. My wife went with me, and we were putting this thing up, and she's holding it. It started getting dark, and I'm doing it in the dark because I kind of want to do it in the dark too because I think you're just less likely to get spotted, or if they do, they they don't know what it is. And right, right. You won't spook them out of the area. But So it was pitch black, and uh, I knew exactly what it was, but we heard this crazy... I can't even duplicate this sound, <laughs> right. man. Loud as all get out. And I'm like, oh, crap, you know. My wife's like, what was that? What was that? And I'm like, Freaking it out. A, it was Freaking an owl. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, They always swoop yeah. down. No, 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 it wasn't. That's what I told her on the ground. And uh, so I'm hurrying up, and I'm like, honey, you're okay? Just start shining that flashlight everywhere. You right, know? right. And she had a spotlight, and look up, and look down, and look around, and look up. And because uh, I had a headlamp on too, and I was strapped to the tree, so I wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was actually using my harness and a lineman's rope, and yeah, and uh, I'm screwing these things in. I'm hurrying up. I hang that thing. I said, "All right, let's get out of here." I take her back to the house. I said, "Okay, watch this." You, that wasn't really an owl because I know it wasn't an owl. <laughs> what was it? I played a bobcat video for it. That's what it was. Oh, oh man, scream, dude! And that is the most eeriest thing to hear that loud out in the woods. I've I heard bet. that. That it's oh, like, oh my god. I, I would I like to hear that in person, but I've heard it makes the hair stand up on the oh, back of your neck. Look at my arms right now; they're just screaming. That's, <laughs> That's a, crazy. It's a weirdest sound. Well, Gene, I think this episode flew by. Um, yeah, it does go fast. Yeah, it's fun. Really. It's a lot of fun. We got oh, into yeah, some deep talk. I really enjoyed this episode. We got into some uh, different point of views at looking at stuff. I maybe went on a couple long-winded stories. Nah. That's what I'm we do. Full of them. Too. It happens. You know. We'll have to do it again really soon. Actually. Hopefully you make it out at the shoot and it doesn't rain this yeah, weekend. I'm going to make it out there anyway. Just say hi to the guys. It's a fun time. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there this weekend. So it's we'll, uh, going to be a good turnout. We're going to have a good time. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. It was a blast. It only took us, I don't know what, what episode you started coming in to listen, but it took us one. that Number one. one. From the first one. Oh, oh, really? Coming back from Fort Bragg. On, I went out there for All-American Week to visit my buddies for a reunion. And Mark awesome. told me about it. you got to listen to these guys. And I did. And cool. That's number two. And first, I was like, ah, I never even knew what a podcast was. Right, right. You know, so then I stayed hooked. And well, those first episodes cool. are pretty dang rough compared yeah. to what ah, they're, they're still. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about like how, how far we've come from those first two episodes long to where ways, we're at guys. now? Yeah, it's it's fun. You're getting exciting guests. You guys are exciting, anyways. You're, you're congealing together, and well, we appreciate and, that. Uh, it means makes a lot. It fun, you know. Congealing, I mean, Eric. I don't even know what that no, means. Congealed. Either. You're gelling. 
<laughs> Are you gelling like a felon? Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, we never plug our website, guys. Workingclassbowhunter.com. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on everything. Um, if you have a question, a comment about the show, you have an opinion, you know, a different way of looking at something, um, shoot us an email. Um, workingclassbowhunter at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Facebook, anything, you know, you know, we're pretty much, we'll respond to you. We can promise you that for sure. So, uh, we try to make a point to do that. Um, try to respond to all the comments and messages and thanks for listening guys. Um, Again, this week we have Last Breath. I guess it'd be TV. Yeah, Last Breath TV on the podcast will be in a couple of days. So we're gonna have those guys on. We're pretty much booked. I guess you could say we're booked till about June. Right now, we're getting some good guests in, and there's still some that we're got some uh, some dates up for. You know, just trying to get things scheduled and set in stone. So, um, if there's somebody you'd like to hear on the show, then again, just let us know. We'll we'll try to make it happen. Or if you have a recommendation all the lady bow hunters we got to get some lady bow yes. hunters in here yep. um we're working on that um we only had the handful of them we got to focus on that a little more so thanks everyone for listening you know what to do go shoot your bow thanks guys <laughs>